0: And stand up for the uh, reading of God's word. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. And uh, God gave me the privilege to uh, graduate the same Bible college as your preacher. There in Hyles Sanderson College. And that's where I met my wife there also. And so it is a blessing um, uh, what the Lord uh, does. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. I'm going to read the first verse and then everybody the second verse. And we'll go like that to verse 21. Amen. Okay, let's look. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he saith unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for man's lives consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Sorry, so much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And everybody also, verse 21, so is he that layeth up treasures for himself, and is not rich towards God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We come to the most important part of the service, the the preaching of your word. We just ask you that you bless your word and it will have fit in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we just not be only hearers of your word, but doers of it. And if somebody, Lord, through uh, the uh, streaming or through being here, uh, they have not accepted Christ as their savior, that today will be day of their salvation. That our hearts will also be encouraged and that you do the work that only you can do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You can be seated. Thank you very much. We know that Jesus was the greatest teacher. He was able to take deep truths and make it so simple that even children could understand those truths. Um, If we go to the book of Matthew chapter 13, we'll go back there in Luke chapter 12. But if you uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13 and if you look at verse 51 for me the Bible says there Matthew chapter 13 verse 51 Jesus said unto them have ye understood all these things they said unto him yea Lord he was talking to his disciples and explaining um, some of the parables that he has spoken to the people to the multitudes. and the Bible says he told them have ye understood and, and sometimes we can come to church and we don't understand, but thanks God that the, we have the Holy Spirit, amen. that he's a teacher, amen, That he can explain God, to us yes. what we need to know. And he so, He told the disciples, do you understand what I'm, I'm saying, what I'm teaching? In and, and verse 52, the, well, the disciples say, yes, Lord, I, we understand. And verse 52 says, then, say he unto them, therefore, every scribe, which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven, it's like unto a man that is an householder, a householder, a father, we can say, a family, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. He was saying a, a scribe that is instructed is one of a person, it's like a father, that maybe puts together his family and, and gives them a treasure, give them some truths, some wealth. Uh, he takes those new things and combines them with old and the Bible says, verse 53, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished his parables, he departed thence. We see that for, take forth out of his treasure. And God has treasures for us. Amen. God has promises. God has uh, uh, um, commands that will help us be a better Christian, be a, a better person for his kingdom. And so Jesus uh, would use those treasures, those truths... And use parables to explain his kingdom, explain what the Lord had for them. And so uh, the Lord wants us to understand, uh, so we can be we can be fruitful. If we go there also in Matthew chapter thirteen and verse twenty-three. He was speaking about the parable of the sower there in the same chapter, Matthew chapter thirteen and verse twenty-three. The last part explained to the disciples uh, what it meant. For that sower that sowed the seed in good ground. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground. So he explained to the disciples, what was that good ground? He says, is he that heareth the word? And we understand that every a ground that the sower sowed the seed explains that they heard the word. But the Bible says, uh, in verse 23, keeps going, it says, and understandeth. That does the difference. If we're going to give fruit, if we're going to produce for the Lord, we not only have to be hearers of the word, but we need to understand it. So we understand the word, then the Bible says, which also bear fruit and brought forth some 100, some 60, and some 30. So we see here that we must understand God's, God's truth, God's treasure, we can say, God's wealth. And so the Lord wants to reveal to us new truths. And actually, it's not new truth. It's, it's the same truth. On, we know that through history, uh, through the church, the preachers uh, basically preach the, the same truth that we preach. Amen. There's no different truth. But maybe it's new truth for us. And we can understand better the Word of God using what we understand from what God wants us to reveal more for us so we can serve Him better. And so here Jesus in Luke chapter 12 was explaining some truths, was explaining some wealth to these people. And the Bible says in verse 13, Luke chapter 12, verse 13, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. So we must understand there was a, this multitude. We, we know that when Jesus uh, taught, there was multitudes, he, he healed and he was helping the people and and so multitudes came to listen to Jesus and also to see his miracles. And in verse 1 of Luke 12, the Bible says, In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people. The Bible says it, it was so much people that they cannot be counted. And the Bible says, he began to say unto the disciples, First of all, and he started explaining explain to him these truths to the disciples. And so we see that in the middle of this multitude, maybe you could have in our minds... Uh, and, and Jesus speaking and there was great multitude there were children there were young people there were adults there were men and women and uh, there were the Pharisees there was all these people there and they were hearing Jesus talk about this truth of the kingdom of God of the kingdom of God and there was so much that they cannot be counted we understand that sometimes the Bible tells us there were like 5,000 there was 4,000 but in this occasion there was so many that even Luke could not count how many they were. And so you can imagine in the middle of this great multitude, there was one man that stood up. He was so consumed about what he had in his mind in his heart. He didn't care about what the multitude thought. He was so consumed that the Bible says that in one of the company said unto him, one of the people that was in the multitude stood up in, the, in, in this great multitude. Uh, maybe Jesus finished talking and he immediately stood up and said, Master, Master, there's something I want to say to you. I need your help. This is very important for me. And He says, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. So imagine Jesus was teaching. This man interrupted Jesus. This man demanded Jesus to help him to fix the situation with his brother. This man had this situation so much in his mind that he was so consumed. He was so bold enough to interrupt Jesus. It was for him nothing small. And what was the problem? What was so consumed in his mind? The Bible says that he had a problem with his brother. He told Jesus, I mean, I want you to speak to my brother. Maybe his brother was among the multitude. Maybe when when Jesus was speaking and and he was turning to his brother and he says, you know, I have a problem with my brother. Maybe Jesus can fix this problem that I have with my brother. And he says, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And we understand that there's problems in the family's even brothers get mad against each other. And hopefully tonight we don't see that in in, the, in this church. That you can have a brother or a sister. That you can have a good relationship. But as you know we were Christians. And maybe you have a brother or sister that is not a Christian. And, and maybe there's a certain uh, conflict. Because as Christians we're different. But we see this man that was had a fight with his brother. He was mad. With his brother, he wasn't getting along with his brother because his brother didn't want to give him part of the inheritance. And sadly, there is many Christians, they don't have a good relationship with others. And it's simply not because of some spiritual things, but but material things. Not about doctrine, not about, uh, uh, about spiritual things, but about material things. And this man was so consumed in his mind and his heart that he wanted part of this inheritance that his brother would divide, would give him some of this inheritance. His father had died, his mother had died, and he wanted part of that inheritance. And, and maybe he didn't, wasn't listening to Jesus the way he was because he was so consumed that he stood up, had that boldness, we can say, and in the middle of this great multitude. And so Jesus... I mean, my brother, he doesn't want to give me part of the inheritance. You see, God wants us to have a good relationship with others. First of all, have the good relationship with, with the Lord. That's the most important thing. Yes, sir. But also, God wants us to have a good relationship with others. If you go to the book of Matthew, chapter 22, in verse uh, 37. Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37. Here, a man also As a question to Jesus, and Jesus answered him in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The greatest, the the first commandment, the priority of a Christian should love the Lord. Amen. With all of our strength, with all of our soul, with all of our heart, with all our mind. We do have a good relationship with God. Love our God with all of our being. But the Bible also says, verse 39, and the second is like unto it. It's very similar. That thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all, depend all, the law and the prophets. It's very important that we have a good relationship with others. But we see here that this man didn't have a good relationship with his brother. And hopefully tonight, you have a good relationship with your brother. Maybe there's a problem between you and somebody else because of material things. And hopefully, you can get that fixed. And the Bible tells us here that Jesus heard that question. And we go back to Luke chapter 12 and verse 14. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? He was saying, you know, don't get me into your problems. Amen. I mean, I'm not a judge. I'm not a divider. I'm not here uh, like a lawyer uh, to, uh, uh, you know, fix your problem with you and your brethren. But because Jesus was a master, he was a teacher. He took that opportunity to teach us a great lesson. To teach this multitude a great lesson. And in verse fifteen, the Bible says, "And he said unto them." So now, this man has spoken to Jesus, wanted to fix this problem, and, and Jesus says, "You know what? I, I mean, I'm not going to get into your problem, but there's something more important. There's something greater, a greater value." And then he took that opportunity and he spoke to everybody that was on and that in that multitude. And the Bible says, "And he said unto them, Take heed." Now the word. Take heed means to be careful, means to look with your eyes and with your mind, means to understand. In other words, Jesus says, pay attention. I want to teach a lesson. I want to take this opportunity, this problem that this man has with his brother, this fight that they have over with each other, that they are mad against each other. And I want to take this opportunity and want to teach a great lesson. Take heed. Pay attention. And it says "and beware of covetousness." The word beware means to take guard. In other words, he was saying to the multitude, "You need to pay attention, you need to take guard of what? Of covetousness." The word "covetous" means extortion or to practice greed. In other words, it's to desire to have more than what is correct, than what is due. What God has let us what God let us have in other words, he was saying to the multitude, be careful. Be careful that in your heart and in your soul and your mind, you're not consumed of covetousness, of being greedy, of having more than what God gives you. Right. And it's very important in our hearts and our minds that, that we keep a, 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 a pure heart, a humble heart. And yes, sometimes we desire more and we're humans, but the Lord says, take heed. Be careful. Look, because covetousness can come into your heart and in your mind, and you can get better. Covetousness can make you consumed yourself and have a not a good relationship with me and with others. So beware, take heed, and beware covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not. There, what the Lord was saying was, for a man's life, the fullness of life, the completeness of life, what life is all about. Since what life is all about consists not, the word consistent I means does not depend. It was saying that Jesus was saying, be careful of covetousness. Because covetousness will make you think that life depends upon what? In the abundance of the things which he possesseth. In other words, what belongs to us. What we have, see, life does not consist, does not depend about how many toys we have on this earth. You're right. That's good. Life does not depend about how many houses we have, how many cars we have, how many money we have in the bank. Oh, oh, it's important to have material things, and I'm not. We're not. We're not against material things. And thank God that whatever we have is by His grace and and His, His blessings in our lives. But life does not consist, does not depend about possessions. Jesus right. was saying the value of life or what life is all about is not about what things we possess on this earth. The purpose of living is not what we have materially on this earth. God doesn't see what we have as success. Right. Many people think I'm successful well, I'm right with God if I have a job, if I have good health, if I have money in the bank. Many people think I'm right with God because I have the blessings of God. You know what we what is important is what how God sees success. What God how God sees uh, uh, what, what we what God means is to be prosperous. And so the Lord t- is teaching us take heed of covetousness because life does not depend upon material things, what we possess. And so the Lord then tells us a story. We all like stories. And so the Bible says in verse 16, and he spake a parable. He spoke this story, an earthly story to apply it into a spiritual truth. Unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth Plentifully. Now, the word ground there talks about inheritance. So there was a certain rich man, there was a, a rich man that he was blessed. He got an inheritance, and that inheritance, that ground, brought forth abundance. In other words, this man received an inheritance. This man was already rich, but he received this inheritance, and now he... He this man invested his time, invests his life, invests his energy in his inheritance or this crown, and have produced an abundance. And the Bible says then in verse 17, and he thought within him himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. So this man had his inheritance. He, it was prosperous, and there's nothing wrong to take advantage of the opportunities of life. God is not against that. But he has so much, his prosper, abundance of this ground that he had take opportunity of it, that he started his mind within himself, what should I do? And, and rich man, normally people that have material things are people that meditate, that think. Business people think. Uh, and when there's a problem, they try to find a solution. So this man, this rich man, had a problem. He thought in his problem, I have a problem. I have so much. Imagine we can have that problem, same thing, amen? But he thought in his mind, I have a problem. I don't know what to do so much that I have. He didn't know where to put all his things, all his fruits. And he says, well, I mean, what can I do? Maybe he thought for a few days and says, what can I do? I have so much. I have so much a grain. I have so much cattle. I have so much things that I don't know what to do. I, I, before I came to North uh, North Carolina here, North Wilkesboro, I, I used to work in, in a secular job, and I, I used to work for a bank called Sintere Bank, and it's a, a regional bank in there in, in Indiana. And I used to be with customer service and uh, phone calls. I didn't talk to people uh, 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 physically, but I talked to them over the phone, and and I had that job. And for, for 10 years, I had the secular job, and uh, there was a couple times, but I remember a lady, it's an older lady, because I was able to hear her voice, and we normally, when somebody calls, we have to verify, make sure that we're talking to the right person. We give them, ask them some security questions, and maybe you've done it before, you've called, and asked you for security questions, the last part of your social security number, date of birth, etc. So I asked the, the same security questions, and I verify her, and she just wanted to find out the balance of her accounts. On her bank checking accounts, or her savings accounts, and her uh, CDs, and what money she had, and then I, I gave her that information, and she says, "You know, I have so much money. I don't know what to do with so much money that I have." <laughs> and nobody, Maria's customer service. We um, we try to you know uh, help them with investments. So I said, you know. We have a good people, a good investment department, and you know I can refer you to an investment person. They can talk to you, or you can go to one of our branches. And so I was trying to, you know, you know, get help with investments. He said, No, no, I already have somebody from from your bank that helps me with investments. But you know what? I have so much money, and I, I and I said, Well, maybe you can give it to charity. You know, what I mean, there's so many charities, and uh, you can give out to them. And said, You know what? I already give so many charities. So I, I mean, I invest. I mean, I have so, I mean, I give charities and I said, but still, I don't know what to do with so much money. And in my mind, I said, well, you should have given to our church, you know, but uh, I didn't say that to her because I couldn't say that. But we have this man that was saying, I have so much. I don't know what to do with so much, with so much things that I have. My ground has, has been abundant. I'm a rich man. And so the Bible says in verse 18, and he, and he said, this will I do. Now I know what I'm going to do. I have this idea, this bright idea. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy my storage places. I'm going to destroy my barns and I'm going to make them bigger. And then all my fruits... All my goods, every th- all the material things that I have, I'm going to put in there. Maybe in our times we we'll would we'll, we'll say, you know what, I will make a bigger house. I, have, I will make it, i buy a bigger property and make a bigger house with more rooms. And I'm going to make more garages for my cars, for my boats. I'm going to um, uh, uh, invest more money and, and make more money and make it bigger. And he says, well, I'm going to do that in verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, dr- eat, drink, and be merry. He says, I'm going to destroy the, the storage places that I have my barns. I'm going to make it bigger. I'm going to store everything there. And I'm going to retire. I'm going to I don't need to work for the rest of my life. I mean, all my life, I've worked, I invested, I have been wise with what I have, with this crown, I'm a rich person. I don't need to work for the rest of my life. I don't have to worry about anything. he said, then I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to rest. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to eat and drink. In other words, I'm going to party. I'm going to have a great feast every single day I'm gonna be merry I'm gonna live life in pleasures humanly speaking this man said I have made it I can go to a vacation every single weekend I mean I can I mean I have so much I mean this man was smart he was intelligent he wasn't like the prodigal son that his father gave him the inheritance and he wasted his substance to write his living no He was like that rich man uh, with Lazarus, uh, the beggar, that he clothed himself in purple and fine linen and fair subtlety every day. I mean, he could have a, a banquet, a feast every single day and have the best put every clothes. I mean, he could change clothes every single day because he had everything. And the Bible tells us in verse 20, but God said unto him, thou fool. See this man thought he had made it. This man thought that he was a wise person. He had worked so much. He had invested his energy, his life in material things and the things of this world. And you see according to the world maybe we have seen we can see this man says, "Man, he was a smart man. He was an intelligent man. He didn't waste it." Mean he used his inheritance, he was lucky. Mean he used the opportunities of life for his future years. He made the American dream, he had everything. He doesn't have to work or worry anything anymore. He could retire, enjoy the rest of his life. The world will say he was smart, he was wise. But again, it's not what the world says, not what. We think what is most important is what God thinks.
1: Amen.
0: And if God t- tells him, thou fool. God didn't tell him, oh, you're a wise man. You were able to take the opportunities of life and you use your ground correctly and you're rich. And now, you know, you can, you can enjoy life. Because you have so many years. No. No, the Lord says, thou fool. The word fool means ignorant. Means selfish, means morally unbeliever, means unconscious. In other words, he wasn't conscious about what was really what life, what life consisted of, because he thought that life depend upon the abundance of things that he possesseth. He said that what life was about is having all these things that he cannot worry about life anymore and enjoyed. And retire and do whatever he wanted. But the Lord says, you are a fool. Now, why was he a fool? Verse 20, the Bible says, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Before the Lord, he wasn't a wise man, but he was a fool. He was a fool because... He had taken care of himself of this earthly life, but not of his eternal destiny. Right, right, right. And maybe there's somebody tonight here that if you have planned your life, you, you've been, you're trying to take care of your, yourself of this earthly life, and there's nothing wrong to retire, there's nothing wrong to have earthly things. We, so, we see so much in the Bible of rich people like David and Abraham. And we see Christians that uh, God has prospered them uh, materially. And they they help in mission. They help the work of the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the most important thing is to take care of the eternal. First of all, of our soul. Maybe there's somebody tonight that you have not received Jesus as your Savior and you've come to church and you have heard the good preaching and, and you hear the good music and, and you're uh, uh, pulled to uh, this church and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you have not been saved. I encourage you tonight that today you take care of your eternal destiny. Yeah. To recognize that it's not the things of this earth. Maybe take care of yourself of this earth, earthly life. But what about your eternal life? And the Bible tells us that this man said, what the Lord says, then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? He has spent all his energy. He has spent all his life. He has spent all his time, his money. And now he was not going to enjoy it because that same night he was going to die. That same night he was going to depart and everything that he had what was going to happen to it? Because he couldn't take that with him. Right. He couldn't take all the fruits. He couldn't take all the things that he had with him. And yes, we must enjoy life. We must enjoy people. But the most important thing is the eternal. In right. mm-hmm. verse 21, the Bible says, So is he. It's an example that the Lord is saying, This is the parable, this is the truth so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The question tonight would be, are we rich with God? See, the, the, Jesus was saying to, to this the multitude, he says, you can lay treasures in this earth, but that doesn't mean that you're rich before me. Right. Because the earthly things of this earth is not how much you have, the, what the value, what you think is the value, what is you treasure the most for yourself is, is you to be rich towards God. He was a fool because he had not invested with God. He was a fool because he had not made God his business partner. He was a fool because he was not rich with God. He had material things. He had all the things that he needed for this earthly life. But he did not have spiritual and eternal rewards in heaven. He was going to go to hell. And maybe tonight, there's say, somebody to here that have not received Jesus. Maybe through the, through the social media. But you can say, preacher, you know, I'm saved. I've been baptized. I'm here at church. But the question is, are you rich toward God? Maybe you're like this man that you are so consumed with the earthly things, and I say there's nothing wrong to have earthly things, and praise the Lord if God blesses you, praise the Lord for that. But that's not the most important thing. Is right. not to have abundance of material things. Is if, if you're abundant or rich toward God.
1: Right? Yes, sir.
0: That's a question. That when we die, when we leave leave this earth, are we going to be rich in heaven? You see, let's look at Matthew chapter 25 and verse 27. Mark chapter 25 and verse 27. We know the story about the, the man that got the Lord or the, the, the master gave the, um, the talents. And we know the talents was in those times was money. Matthew chapter 25, and let's look at, at verse 25. It's talking to the last man that did not invest it, did not uh, give more talents to his master. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 25, and I was afraid. And many Christians are afraid to invest in the Lord. Many Christians are afraid to invest in the work of the Lord. Many Christians are afraid of investing towards missions. And this man was afraid and he told his master, his lord, and went and hid thy talent in the in earth. Lo, there thou shalt have that that is thine. His lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather what I have not strawed. Verse twenty seven. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. This this man at least was supposed to put this talent and take it to the exchangers and in other terms to the bankers. And that at my coming, I shall receive mine own with usury. We know that everything that we have comes from God. Everything that we have is by His grace and it is only by His grace that we have what we have and who we are. And the Lord wants us to invest Invest with with him that God will be our business partner and we can invest in his kingdom and invest in his work, invest in missions so the gospel can be spread to every creature, that every creature, every person in this world can hear at least one time the precious gospel. They can have the opportunity to accept Christ. And the Lord says that we need to put our money or our treasure to the exchangers, and you can say, "What is those exchangers? What is that that bank, the spiritual bank?" The Lord tells us It's His work, His missions to reach the lost for Christ. the The, the Apostle Paul explains that to the, the the Church of Philippi. If we go to the book of Philippi, Philippi uh, Philippians, chapter four, when the the Church of Philippi was a church that they were poor. It was a part of the churches of Macedonia. We talks about Second Corinthians, and they were uh, profoundly poor, but they had great joy. Philippians chapter four, and let's look at verse uh, seventeen of uh, Philippians chapter four, verse seventeen. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Amen. That's our heavenly account. And God wants us to be rich towards him. God wants us to invest our time and our energy, in our life in His kingdom. And we can invest in that bank spiritual bank account that we have in heaven. And the Bible says, verse 18, But I have all, I am bound, and I am full, having received of, it the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Here this missionary, the Apostle Paul, was saying, you know, your church of Philippi, you've been a blessing. You, you, you've given what other churches didn't give. And praise the Lord that uh, preacher was saying about how you, you invest more into the work of the Lord, into missions, and how the Lord is prospering you in this beautiful building. I just want to encourage you to keep doing it. Amen. The are keeping rich Toward God that we will be beware we to take heed not to get covetousness, not to get greed in our hearts that we won't invest because one day we'll die. You're right. Like this man there in Luke, he was going to die. We don't know when we're going to die, and God wants us to be rich towards God. Maybe tonight you have not done faith promise. Maybe you have not given faithfully to missions. I encourage you tonight that you start giving to missions. Do you start being rich towards God. Amen. Child, young person, adult, doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how, how long you've been saved. God wants you to be rich towards Him. Amen. Because we can be easily affected by greediness, by the material things, that it could come into our hearts and our minds And we can be so consumed by those things that we forget the eternal. Maybe tonight you have not been faithful in your faith promise of missions. You may not have been faithful in serving the Lord in your church here. You may not have been faithful in giving out the gospel. I want to encourage you tonight not to be a fool, but to be a wise person. Because it's not how you look at it or how I look at it. Is how God looks like, and God the success. How God looks success is not about how many things we have on this earth, earthly things. It's about how we are rich towards Him. Amen. Father, I mean, Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the admonition that you give to us. That we understand that one day we're going to die. Most important thing that our soul will be saved. And we know it's not by riches, it's not by works, it's only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But now that we've been saved and he wants us to be rich, not to go to heaven poor spiritually, not to be, go poor because we have invested only in this world, which is a passing world. We're just passing through, Lord, that we can understand that, doesn't matter how much we have, little or much, according to our eyes or the eyes of this world, that we, must, we can understand we can be rich towards you, that you will not call us fools, that you can call us wise, that we can invest, that we will not be fearful to take steps of faith. Maybe there's somebody tonight here that maybe God's calling you to the mission field, maybe God's calling you for full-time service. Maybe you're like that man of that talent. He was fearful. He didn't want to take that step of faith, and he just hid his talent. And God, the master there, called Nedelins, wicked, bad person, because he had not invested in the exchangers or the spiritual bank. May God help us that we invest for his kingdom. While your eyes are closed and your head bowed, I'm going to ask the preacher to come and give the invitation tonight.
1: Well, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and man, what a message, what a message. Are you rich toward God? Are you rich toward God? Are you investing in the kingdom that we talked about this morning? You know, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for your giving And I'm so thankful for the missionaries that we're able to support at Calvary. But you know, I wonder what would happen though if everybody decided I'm gonna get rich toward God. I'm gonna worry less about earthly, earthly things and earthly possessions. And I'm I'm gonna get rich toward the Lord. Boy, I wonder what our church could do if everybody got that mentality. Would you do us a favor tonight? Would you stand all over the house with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? let me just ask real quickly tonight is there anybody here this evening would say preacher if I died tonight I'm not a hundred percent sure that I would go to heaven and I need you to pray I need you to pray with me and tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed you just slip your hand up and let me have a prayer and pray for you tonight anybody like that here tonight preacher if I died I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure I'm rich toward the the Lord with my soul. Is there anybody that I can pray with you? Far as I can tell, unless I've missed somebody, far as I can tell, that means that everybody here tonight, at least that's of age of accountability, is saved and on your way to heaven. And so here's a great question. Are you rich toward God? Are you investing in the kingdom? Are you active? Are you busy? If that's not necessarily the case, maybe tonight during this invitation, you just slip out, make your way down to this altar. If the Lord's led you in some type of a decision tonight, you just come and seal that decision with the Lord. Well, I like what I like what He said tonight. You know what? This kind of preaching is even for young people. Maybe you always thought, you know, that supporting missions was for mom and dad. Hey, young people, did you you can support missions too. So, Pastor, I don't, have a, I don't have a large income. You don't have to have a large income that's for missions. You know what? You can start with what you have and start giving. But I hope you're rich toward the Lord. If you need to come tonight, the altars are open. I want you to come. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this wonderful time that we've had together tonight. The great music, wonderful spirit, great fellowship today. But Heavenly Father, thank you for this challenge that we have received tonight to be rich to be rich toward the Lord Lord to make sure that our our treasures are laid up in heaven not on this earth where moth and rust are corrupt and where thieves break through and steal oh God help us at this church help us to be a church that's rich toward the Lord God help our priorities to be to be in Christ so I pray you'll have your way in this time and we thank you and praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.